They put a marker in Matthew 5. Okay, we'll get to that later. And uh, we're going to start by reading in Luke 12 and just read the first three verses. And it reads like this. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is done in secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you've whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. We talked about Jesus being, being, sending out a warning signal to his disciples, those who are closest to him, about the necessity of them not walking as the Pharisees walk, not being walking in, in the, that same leaven. The hypocrisy, which is a Greek term, has to do with stage presence. It has to do with wearing a mask and playing a role. And that's the, the, the term Jesus uses for the word hip, hypocrisy. And so, we're not seen for who people who are Pharisees are not seen for who they really are. Sometimes they're not even sure who they really are. Can I ask you a question? Um, and, and I was, and I don't do this very often, mostly because I hate to hear myself speak. And so I feel kind of guilty by telling you to go listen to something I said online and cause I don't do it very often, but you should listen to the last couple of messages online to kind of give you a, an idea for where we are. To give you, a, if you've just showed up here today and you're like, dude, what's, what is he talking about? Um, because there, there are things about us that are natural that we have to overcome. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I talked about wearing the, 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 one of the definitions for the word masquerade in the dictionary, the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, is um, a masked ball, which I know it's referring to like a dance. Don't act like anyway. Dude, that's so stupid. But it gets a point across. See, because all of our superheroes, they do what? They wear masks or some kind of disguise. Superman had Clark Kent, right? Batman had Bruce Wayne. Iron Man had Tony, what's his face? Huh? Stark, that's correct. And the thing about them is you don't know who they really are. But we have a hero. There used to be a song. Uh, I I was like one of those Christian 80s metalhead dudes. You know what I mean? Anybody... Huh? Rock and roll, brother. And uh, rock and roll for Jesus. And there, there was a song, there was a, song a, a group named Angelica uh, back in like the late, uh, maybe early 90s, did a song called There's Only One Hero. There's Only One Hero to Know His Name is Jesus. And he wore no mask. In fact, he chose to be stripped naked, literally, in front of the whole world. He's the one we chase after. And so we can wear a mask. And if this ball, you can't, if this ball is wearing this mask, you can't see all the divots and the trash and the stuff that this ball has been through. You really don't know him for who he is. He's been in amazing games and been, been the source of victory while simultaneously being the source of defeat. He, he has, he has gone through some stuff, been chewed on by dogs and all sorts of things, but we would never know that if we kept the mask on. And we talked last week about the necessity of growing deep relationships and how that, that, that I invited you to a table with my, my wife and I that we shared oh, nearly almost 20 years ago now. And we sat together and we confessed and brought things into the light on purpose so that our relationship could be all that it's supposed to be and, and grow the way it's supposed to grow. And there would be no walls, no, no, no masks, nothing hidden, nothing dark, nothing that, that later on would come back to, to, to frustrate or anger or hurt either of us. And, and, and we, we, we confess this because you know what? We are not perfect people. We are messed up sometimes. We are in desperate need of the grace of God. And so we have to live in such a way that the grace of God is prevalent and evident and working ongoingly in our lives. I won't go into all those details right now. If you want to hear all the trash about my wife and I, go back and get the, go listen online uh, to the, the message from last week because it's all there. I, at the squeamishness of some people, I spared little expense, honestly. And, um, but I think you need to know that who it is you walk alongside of. Are you hearing me? Because too often, we don't do that. You ever been in an awkward moment where somebody begins to tell you all their stuff? Ever had that happen? Sometimes we go, too much info, time out. Right? You ever been there where they, where they, where they come in and like, ah, okay, and you cut, whew, it's, 
is, I need something to drink. Is it thirsty? Are you thirsty? It's hot in here. You know what I mean? It gets kind of awkward at times because we're not used to it. We're used to everybody wearing plastic. We're used to everybody being somewhat fake and not real and not honest with us. We're, we're used to that. You know, there's this thing called exposure. It's a medical term, and I know we got some medical professionals sitting around here right now. People die from it. The question for us in the church is, how do we create an environment where exposure doesn't kill people but helps them grow? Jesus intends for us to bring certain things to the light so we can grow and keep being what Christ wants us to be, keep doing what God wants us to do. And so we got to find a way to create the environment, the atmosphere for that to happen. See, because the reason you die from exposure is because the climate's not quite right, right? Usually there's, 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 there's wind and cold and rain and snow and precipitation that kind of fosters an atmosphere where things die, right? Hurricane what's-her-face is piling up the eastern seaboard right now, right? People left out in that will, will, will find themselves in, in, in a bad way if they don't create an atmosphere, if they're not in an atmosphere, an environment of warmth. Because, see, I talked last week about pulling the, the, the layers off the onion. If people start pulling the layers off the onion, how are we going to respond to them? Because the only way for them to not to, to, to succumb to the exposure is to put layers back on. See, if I take this coat, it's cold out, I put this on. Now, suddenly you can't tell if I've lost weight or not. Somebody asked, Aaron, you've lost weight. I thought, no, I don't think so. Um, but now you'd never know that, right? And see, I can put this layer back on and you can't really tell who I am. And then if it gets any colder, I might, I might do this. I might put this on, Right? And it keeps getting colder. I might even feel like I got another layer on my ears because those ears are big. They're huge, you know. And then if it, gets, if it keeps getting worse, I might even get to the point where, man, I need gloves. And now there's no portion of me actually showing anywhere except for right here. But if it gets really cold, you know what I might do? I might take this thing on. I go like this. And now if I'm walking down the street... You can easily recognize me. I'm not going to die, but I, nobody will ever know who I really am. Nobody ever realize what I got going on. They'll never pay attention to the scars and the, the things that make me who I am. They'll never notice that. And I could walk around and somebody would walk right past me like, uh-oh, pastor's turned into a hobo. What's going on? And you might try and walk on the other side of the street away from me. You might try and avoid contact because it's like, it's not quite that cold out there, Aaron, right now. For all that, trust me, winter's coming, and I hate it. Not a winter guy. I'm a summer beach, palm trees, white sand kind of a dude. And so I could leave this on, and you never know me. Never tell what's going on with me, really. If I'm crying, you'd never know, could you? Couldn't even see the tears coming down my face. Couldn't see the grimace or the frustration or the excitement or the enthusiasm of what's going on in my life. So we've got to find a way to create an atmosphere where exposure doesn't bring death. People on tropical islands, you can pretty much tell them all you want to know about them. Some of them too much. And you know Why? I can't get out of all those layers. Because there's an environment that's conducive to exposure. And in the church, we've got to find a way to create an environment that's conducive to that. We've got to find a way. And so Jesus gives us some insight in Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus tells this story. Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. And they scored scorned everyone else verse 9 says 10 two men quotation marks went to the temple to pray one was a pharisee the other was a despised tax collector the pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer i thank you god and i'm sure he said it that way i thank you god right that i am not a sinner like everyone else 
Sounds like a theatrical deal, doesn't it? For I don't cheat. I don't sin. And I don't commit adultery. I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't go with girls that do. Right? That's what it sounds like? Huh? I am certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give a tenth of all my income. You can hear like, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody with that rich English, Sean Connery or somebody, you know, right? Doing King Arthur or whatever. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He dared not lift his eyes up toward heaven. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow. Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, the sinner not the Pharisee returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Look at the lives of these two gentlemen. The Pharisee is the same crowd of people Jesus warned his disciples of. They have this leaven of hypocrisy in their lives. They play the part on the stage. Nobody really knows who they really are. They never really come to grips with who they really are. They're full of this leaven. They're self-deceived. Why do you say that, Aaron? They'd worn this mask for so long that they really believed it. I don't cheat. I don't commit adultery. He even goes bold to say, I don't sin at all. Now, as I recall, we looked at a piece of scripture last week in 1 John where Jesus says if a person says they have no sin, they make, their, they are, they make God a liar and they have deceived themselves. Just as I recall, I'm just saying. I, we, we have gotten, we can get into a trap where we think we have to play a part or we have to be a certain thing. And if we find somebody who's willing to not be that, we get kind of squeamy. I can't believe you'd say that and, and call yourself a Christian or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, I was propagated to go this way this week because I had no intention, honestly. Because I was, I was asked a question last Sunday after service. Aaron, you've encouraged us to, to kind of come out in the open. Are you going to contend with what we should do if somebody comes out in the open with us? And they begin to describe a story about a person that they knew who chose to come clean about some things in their lives and began to share with a family member of this person in a a church context about their stuff. And immediately as they're trying to describe another person from this church, not this church, a church, came alongside of them and as they're talking, they went and whispered, you do know. And immediately it was as if the layers started to go back on. The hood, the scarf. And so for two days, I was like, i got to contend with that. Because if I'm asking people to come out of, uh, into the open of what they're doing and what they're having struggles with and, and what they're excited about and what makes them, then we've got to make sure we have people around here who can contend with that when it begins to happen. Because you notice that the words Jesus used, these people were, were content in their own righteousness. And it says they scorned everyone else, verse, one, or verse 9 of Luke, 4, Luke 18 says. Boy, that's a scary place to be, man. What kind of environment do we create for people to come to Jesus with all their stuff? What kind of environment do we create for people to come into the light and out of the darkness? Are we creating an environment that will foster growth? Because, you know, there's tropical lands where exposure is pretty an okay thing. Fruit and stuff grows like crazy. 
But in Siberia, not, not, not so much. Alaska, not, 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 not so much. It's cold. It's a frigid. It's, you have to layer up to deal with it. We, we've got to choose not to be in that, 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 that realm. He, this guy, he says, I, he's full of self-commendation. So many eyes in there. So many, so, so many eyes. Lots of, lots of, lots of, it's like, it's like I, 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 and I want to go, I, 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 and oh, goodness, I, you know, I'm going to remind you something, pride is the route to sin, it's the foundation of it, pride is the route to hypocrisy, pride is the route to greater condemnation. Jesus says these words at the end of this passage. I tell you, the, I tell you, the sinner of the Pharisee return him justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Boy, that's a scary place, man. And the crazy thing about it is that not only do they are live in that place where God almost becomes their enemy, they despise anybody who just wants to be real. They get real starchy, and real stiff. They despise the fact that somebody could just be who they are. All of us pack stuff, don't we? I mean, all of us do. I, 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 I enjoy being a follower of Jesus, but I got stuff. I've had stuff. So some, of us, some of our stuff is less, is less uh, noticeable. You know what I mean? It's easy for us to, to, you know, recognize the, you know, I don't know, the cigarette. You know, some of us will go, I can't believe they smell calling themselves a Christian. I know some really good Christians who fought that battle for a really long time. Really struggled and wanted to be rid of them. And at some point in time, God freed them. So others are still in the middle of the struggle, but I don't consider them any less of a fall of Christ, they're contending, they're struggling, but some of us would. But at the same time, like tonight at Hallelujah Night, some of us might enter into a contest to see how many wieners we can throw down. You know what I mean? Dude, I just put down eight. Dude, I got 10, brother. And we'd be proud about that, you know what I mean? And that flesh issue is no different than the, 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 the nicotine flesh issue. Huh? I mean, for real. Don't we all got problems? And yet we'd, we'd, just, we'd, we'd, we'd give somebody a hard time for being in the church parking lot and smoking a cigarette, but we'd have no problem hitting brother on the back and telling him, just have all the gluttony you want, brother. It's good. It's fellowship, right? Huh? Woo! I'm right there beside you. <laughs> In Star Wars, they have these things called death sticks. You remember that guy with the death sticks? You don't want any death sticks. I don't want any. You want to go home and find a new life. I want to go home and find a new life. Remember that? He's, but some of that stuff's in those hot dogs are just as, as those. You know what I mean? You ever read those ingredients? Anyway, never mind. I'm just saying. I dig them. Don't get me wrong. You know, he, he, these people, remember the story of Jesus? The, they, he's, in a, he's in a Pharisee's house. Remember that story? And this lady walks into, it, into the room. She breaks the spike nard open and begins to anoint Jesus and wash him with her tears. And what's the first response? Well, Jesus, if you knew, and if I'd have been Jesus, I'd been, I know her stuff and I know your stuff. And if you knew that I knew, you wouldn't be acting that way. Am I right? See, Jesus knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. He knows the real issues we struggle with. I remember a few years ago, uh, our, our former pastor here, Pastor Eric, and I were having a conversation about, you know, what ministry looks like and stuff. And he said, what? what if you pastored a church here, what would it look like? And I said, man, I said, for me, 
I watch so much at church that there's, we have to be something before we show up. In the church culture as a whole, we have to be something. I said, you know what I'd do? I'd lose the suit and the tie in a minute, man. I'd wear at most a polo shirt and a pair of khakis because I'd want people to recognize this one thing, that we are all on this journey together. I can't dress up my stuff and fix it. I can come to Jesus with it, and he'll help me fix it, but I can't act like I'm something when I ain't. And that's good, so I don't know how vernacular for you English majors. It works around here. And so I, I said, I, you know, I mean, I, I, when, when necessary, I wear a suit. I wear a tie for weddings and funerals and stuff like that. But most days, I'd, I'd be just a, I'd be another follower of Jesus. And I'm glad we have that kind of place here. I mean, one of the greatest things I, I like about people, the things I hear about people when they come to church is just, just like coming home. I hope so. Because home is a place where you can be who you are. You know somebody's going to talk to you about your stuff. They're going to love you in spite of yourself. You know? I've had some pretty intense conversations with members of my family because I needed them and because they needed them. You know what I mean? I've had those kind of, kind of moments where we just had to deal with stuff. You know what I mean? I hope this is that kind of place. I don't want to be, uh, you know, the Pharisees probably had, you know, I don't know. They probably had ways of marking their stuff. So people, everybody know that they and had done so many things. You know, he dictates it. We want to be like that. We want to be those people who worship Jesus with our tears, with our hair, with the most costly possession that we own. The task collector, adversely to the, to, the, to the Pharisee, comes in and the thing that marks his life is humility, not, not, not hypocrisy. I mean, he, he walks in, he, automatically he's already his, we sing a song here, oh, how he loves us. And we talk about how there's this violent thing turning in my chest. Remember that? I think that tax collector walks in in the presence of Jesus begins to work on the inside of him. He starts to beat it because he don't know what else to do. It's just that it's, something's happening in here and I'm trying to contend with it and, it's, and I want to get it right. And he's, oh God, are his first words. Not I. Oh God, have mercy on me. Not him, on me. I'm the one standing in need. I'm the one who needs you. I'm the one who's lost without you. I'm the one who, who's messed up my life, who've, who've, who've torn down my relationships, who've, who've got addicted to stuff. I'm the one who's, who's, who's made missteps and fallen in the gutter. And I, have, I, am, I am such a mess, he says. I'm completely humbled. And the I in his sentence are a completely different kind of I than the I that's in because he's a self-aware guy. One of my favorite movies, let me get, anybody know which one I'm referred to? Anybody, anybody? Remember the Titans, my wife is so smart, and she's not even seen my notes yet. There's this scene in Remember the Titans where the new guys come to the team. His name's Louis Elastic. You remember this, this scene? And they're in, the, they're in the mess hall during the three-a-day practice at camp. And coach is trying to create some camaraderie and he's making them know each other and find out stuff about one another. And he says, Louie, come on up here. Louie's this big white dude. He comes, he's just kind of goofy. Hey, man, tell me something about you. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm a military kid. He said, you're going to go to college, right? He said, me? No. I figured as long as I got to go to school, I might as well hit somebody in the process. And Coach Boone kind of smiles at him and goes, man, I like a self-aware man. And he goes on and says, tell me something you've learned about your buddy Blue. Oh, Blue, coach, he digs on the temps. And he, then he referred to a piece of clothing that Blue wore that probably he didn't want everybody else knowing that he wore. And it, it was this openness. But what I loved about it was, you're closer, come here. You don't look like Louie, though, okay? And I really don't look like Coach Boone either, so we're, we're good. Um, Coach, Coach Boone grabs Louie. He said, I know what you said about them grades, okay? Fix that. I be yourself. So once you grades me every week again, you're going to college, okay? Okay. Okay. 
and he creates this atmosphere for Louis to be who he is and yet have somebody in his world who will walk with him through it. And Louis don't have to worry about wearing another mask. Everybody knows Louis now, and Coach is going to walk with him through that. You know what happens? You read the, 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 the notes at the end of the movie? Louis goes to college. Louis becomes a successful business dude. You know why? Because he could be who he was in an atmosphere that fostered growth and thriving and, and being content to be who you are and growing out of where you've been to be something you could have never been by yourself. That should describe the church of Jesus Christ, man. When we're self-aware of who we are. I love you. And thanks for being Louis for me. There were, there were men sitting on the front pew in the first service, and so you were the only one to choose from this time. It's very short. His, his eye is an eye full of self-condemnation, not commendation. His eye is like, dude, I really get where I'm at. I'm lost. My righteousness is filthy rag. I'm not even sure I have any righteousness, honestly. He just deals with it. I want to remind you, humility is the doorway to the kingdom, to your place in the kingdom, and to all exaltation from the Father. The crazy thing is, these two guys walk in, and one of them is received by the Lord, the other one is rejected. Jesus says these words, the tax collector, not the Pharisee, walked away justified. You know what justified means? None of you are Greek scholars or anything, probably. Maybe some of you are. It just simply means this, to be made right with God. It wasn't the guy with the laundry list and the check marks, what he had done, what he hadn't done. It was the guy who was honest with himself, the guy who was honest with God, the guy who would bring his stuff into the, to the, to the room with Jesus, into the temple and say, God, I just need your help. And we have to create in this temple because actually this is not a temple. You know that? The scriptures say in the New Testament that the temple is made up of living stones, that we are being formed and fashioned into the temple of God where the Holy Spirit dwells. And so in this temple, not this building, this group of people who congregate together being made into, there should be a place where humility rules the day and where, 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 where fostering of exposure is a good thing because we can grow and overcome like Louis. Are you hearing me? In this place, in this place. So how, the question is, how do we respond to those who are what they are? How do we respond to those who, who how are we gonna help them on this brightness journey with Jesus. Well, Jesus gives us some insight in Matthew 5. There are these things called the be attitudes. There are certain things that followers of Christ should be. Certain attitudes they should reflect. Certain things that people of the kingdom of God should, should be like. And they're found here. Listen, let's look at, look, look at Matthew 5 with me. Verse 3 says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth, the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst. One translation says righteousness, another says justice, for they will be satisfied. Verse 7 says God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are, whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Right within this passage of scripture, God gives us everything we need to do to know how to contend with somebody who's coming to grips with who they are. Because the Bible says, blessed are those who are poor and realize their need for him. You know what they should find in us? Blessing for being willing to be real. And they should find enrichment to grow beyond where they are. The word blessing, God blesses, means to become larger. Did you know that? The actual Hebrew word for the word blessing means to, to, to make more of. So by them being in, in, in the trenches with us, it ought to make them more likely to be what God wants them to be, not, li not less likely. They ought to find enrichment for, them, for, the, for themselves to grow and become what God wants them to become. They ought to find a place with us where the things that seem impossible now suddenly start to become possible. That they can get their marriage fixed. That they could go on and be a missionary for Jesus. That they could 
go off to college and do something significant in the world. They ought to find that kind of thing in us, amongst us. We ought to to find blessing here that all of a sudden, because they've walked through the narrow gate, they found a bright and expansive horizon in front of them. Not because we're anything. We can't save them. We, we, we really don't have much to offer except that we know what it's like to be saved by the amazing grace of Jesus and for the truth of God's word to transform us, no longer conforming us to the pattern of this world. For theirs is the kingdom. We should be opening space for them. He says, blessed are those who mourn. I mean, when you see that tax collector in that scene in the Luke 18, he's beating his chest. He's in mourning. When we find those who are mourning about what they've done, where they've been, where, what, what they've made a mess of, they ought to come close to us and find comfort. They have wounds already. We should not be throwing salt water in them. They should be finding salve here. Comfort amongst us. And in, in, in this place, he says, we should be a source. of It says, we should be, he says, blessed are those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Listen, they should find a place in here where the inheritance of God is available to them. That we are, are, are the, the, the hands, the feet that extend it to them. That, that, that one day they got they a grip that, man, your husband could be saved too. Your children could come to Christ. You could start right now a godly heritage, an inheritance of the Lord that means that three, four, five generations from now, there's a godly seed in the earth. It can change because you've come connected to Christ and we're all on this journey together. Let's open that up to you. Let's let you see that. Wow, give them hope. We, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They should find here a cold cup of water that keeps them going. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? John 4, he finds this lady at the well. She's in desperate need because her life is a wreck. Isn't she? Married four times, shacked up now, right? That's real life, ain't it, huh? Huh? Jesus is like, hey, can I get a cup of water? And she's like, oh, yeah. And she's like... Well, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan, and I'm trying to get, I'm just trying to avoid the crowd, honestly. I didn't know you were going to be here. I'm trying not to deal with all this stuff I got going on, please. And he's like, if you would have known who asked you for a drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you a drink so that you would never thirst again. Oh, my. Woo. He utters words. He says these words, listen, God is searching for such who will worship me, him in spirit and in truth. I think I found you. Basically what he tells her. You ready to be real with who you are? Your heart, you're impassioned. And she goes running back to town and she brings the town back. Some of us wouldn't do that. I can tell you a story about my own life. When I was a young man, before my wife and I had that conversation we talked about last week, I was with a buddy of mine. We went to the, j- the Jazz and Rib Fest up in Columbus along the Soda River in downtown. Anybody ever been there? Good music and good food, mostly good food for me. And uh, uh, went, to, went to eat there, and we were walking along the, 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 all the little stands, and you could, you know, for so much, you can get a rack of ribs every place, and all that stuff, you know what I mean? A little, like a, like a parcel rack. And we walk up to this one place, and there's this sign that says, thermonuclear sauce. And it says, you must sign off on this release. If you have heart conditions, blah, 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 da, 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 pregnant, I forget what everything was. Like, it was like, it was like going on a ride at King's Island, you know what I mean? Back problems, you know, stomach issues. We are not, we are not responsible for anything that happens as you ingest this stuff, basically. What they want you to sign on one. And so we gra- he grabs, I mean, he said, he said, and he had like one of those iron stomachs, you know what I mean? He did anything. He goes, dude, I'm getting some of those. I was like, well, okay. I don't like spicy food, but I'm like, dude, if there's a release attached to it, I'm not doing it, brother. I'm just telling you. So he grabs his rack of ribs and he comes over and sits on a bench along the other side of the river. And he, he's like, I'm like, okay, man, I'm standing here kind of like watching. He's, 
And he takes that first bite off of that rib. Mmm, 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 mmm. His head starts sweating. His face turns bright red. His nose starts to run. His eyes are watering. And he's, and he goes, dude, can you get me something big to drink right now? Now, see, I could have been like some friend, like, dude, that was stupid. <laughs> I mean, you want me to take care of this now? Because, I mean, you're the one who signed the release, brother. And you want me to help you? I mean, I mean, I think you baked that bad, my man. I don't know, you know. I'm, I'm, you know. The funny part was I run, I get to the closest stand, I get the biggest drink I can find, I bring it back, and here's what he does. Whew. I mean, he didn't drink it. I mean, he just poured it all over his head. I mean, you know, he opened his mouth, and whatever he could get anywhere, it went. Every hole, every eye, everything just, and it's just slopping everywhere. Because I could have been the, the dude like, dude, go get your, dude, you, that was dumb. That was really stupid, man. I am, and I could have made him go get his own drink. I could have made him. But the right thing to do was offer the dude a cup of water because he really made a bad decision. He was thirsty and in need of help. You get what I'm saying? And we get really light of it, but oftentimes we find people who come along the path of life, they do really stupid stuff, they're really thirsty for help, they're really thirsty for hope, they're really thirsty for love, they're really thirsty for peace, and we go, dude, that was dumb. And I did laugh, I will honest. I mean, I was like, dude, that's crazy, I can't believe you did that, but okay. And I went and got into, you know, I kind of laughed, and we laughed afterwards. The funny part was, like any good friend would do, would do, next year we took another friend with us. And we watched him do it. But this time, we had the water waiting. Then had to run to go get some. We were prepared, you know what I mean? So we need to be that for them. You see what I mean? we got to be the place where they find that refreshing, where they've made stupid decisions. They've signed their life away in some capacity or another. And, 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 and the people who got them into that have said, look, that's not our responsibility anymore. You made that. You made that. You know what I mean? We need to be that kind of person. He goes on to say, listen, show mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive such. All of us need mercy. Grace and mercy are two opposite, two different things. Grace is giving people something they don't deserve. Mercy is not giving them what they do deserve. And we've all received the mercy of God what we have not received the penalty of everything we deserve none of us none of us and because of the mercy of god in fact that's what that's what paul saw it says in romans 12 in light of the mercy of god i beseech you brothers to present yourself as living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable act of worship be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can understand what the will, the good, the pleasing, the perfect will of God is. We have to be those in light of the mercy that live a different sort of life. That we'll, we'll, we, we will recognize the necessity of mercy in the lives of other people. We will grow with them. We will help them. That's the other part of it. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. My question is, if they've come in purity of heart to get things situated, will they see God in us? Will they find God living here? When they come with the purity of, and, and, and not everybody will, how will we know the difference? We probably won't. Jesus let Judas dip from the same bowl he built, and he knew what he was. You know what I mean? That's tough stuff, ain't it? Blessed are those who work for peace, for they'll be called the children of God. Life is full of enough chaos. They ought to, when they get around us, find peace. They ought to, when they get around us, find a place where things are calm and secure and safe and stable. Verse 10 says, God bless those who persecute for doing right. Encourage We should be those who encourage them to keep doing what's right at whatever cost. I mean, think of this other lady Jesus had interaction with. She also was found with all kinds of issues. Drug out into the middle of the street, completely exposed before God and everybody, literally. And Jesus takes her by the hand. Actually, he didn't do that at first. He writes in the dirt. Remember that story? Well, the Pharisees had drug her. You know, I still, get, it still makes me mad. Talk about a height of hypocrisy. 
The story is she's caught in the act, right? One question, where is the dude? I'm just saying. If that does not reek of hypocrisy, I do not know what does. How can you be caught in the act and only stone one person? It takes two to tango, they say, you know what I mean? Where is he? I don't know. And so Jesus writes it, but she without sin cast the first stone and they leave. Jesus looks at her and he goes, where are your accusers? And she's like, um, I guess I don't have any. And he says, he does the mercy thing. He goes, neither do I. I show you mercy. But he makes another statement just completely off the chart. He encourages her to walk in the path of transformation. He encourages her to stay on it. You've had a life-changing moment here, lady. Now let's keep doing what's right. It's going to cost you to give up your job. It's going to cost you to, 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 to deal with the reputation thing. It's going to cost you to maybe not know where the next meal is coming from. But let me encourage you. Go and sin no more. Keep doing the right thing. Oh, those are amazing words, are they not? Oh, man. And that's how Jesus did grace and truth come through the person of Christ. To come through us. Now that we've been exposed, how do we respond? Now they've exposed themselves. What are we supposed to do? Well, well, God gives us insight out of the book of Isaiah. He says these words. God says, rebuild the road, clear away the rocks and stones so people can return from captivity. Make a way for them, brothers and sisters. That's what he says. Open up the pathway. Open up the gate. Open up the opportunity for them to come to know me. Open it, open it up. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, which is, he's the only one who can say those kinds of words. The Pharisee could not say that, I, I, I stuff. God can. Because he's absolutely holy, he's absolutely perfect, he's absolutely awesome, he is high above, he is not beneath. He is the father of life. With him there is no shadow of turning. There's no darkness in him. And what he says about himself is absolutely 100% true. The high and lofty one says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore, listen to those words, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and I revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Jesus looks at us as his followers. He said, listen, that's what I want you to do. If you are my body, I want, you to, I want you to revive the hearts of the humble. I want you to revive the courage of the repentant. I want you to come alongside them. I want you to offer them cold water. I want you to offer them mercy. I want you to offer them peace. I want you to, find, to be the, the instrument through which comfort comes into their lives. I want them to find enrichment because they're near you. And that, that, that all of a sudden the chains are off. The fetters are gone. The, the all possibilities of God doing something great in their life is awesome because they've come near you because I live in you. If you today are one of those people who are, have not yet connected the person of Christ, let me say this. You are in the same boat the rest of us are in. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that our righteousness is filthy rags. But Jesus says he gives us a gift that's called eternal life and it comes through him, himself only. And he says, if you merely come to me, I will embrace you. If you will confess that I am the Savior, the Lord of the universe, if you will confess me as Lord of your life, things change in that moment when you believe it with all of your heart. And we'll start the journey like Louis, and we'll get you to a place you couldn't have gotten to by yourself. That's what Jesus says to you right now. If you're that person, understand that. The only way to this opportunity of heaven and the kingdom of God is the person of Christ. There are not many ways. There is one. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am also merciful, I am also the truth. I, I will shoot straight with you, and when you need to not do that anymore, I will tell you so. But I walk with you in it. I'll comfort you, I'll help you. People of God, if we talk to those who maybe aren't, let's talk, to, let's, talk, let's talk about us for a minute. Let me ask you a question. What kind of environment have you created for that to happen? In your world, at your workplace, in the church here, maybe, in your family, in the neighborhood, I don't know. Are people allowed to have issues and problems and not get to stare? Are they allowed to, to be broken humanity because of sin? And will they find with you the hands of Jesus being extended to them? You see, because Jesus says these words to those who are broken and hurting, 
and under labor and a load. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what he says to, 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 to any of you sitting here. He says to us, those who've been walking in this way, hopefully we've not been in the way, hopefully we've been walking with the way. He says, respond like me. I don't know. I don't know which piece of that equation you fit into. I don't know if you're one who needs to come for the first time and you get it all open and honest between you and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to take a microphone and go, dude, I was just, you know, remember Chunk from Goonies? Remember how he starts confessing when it looked like he's, you remember that? And I took the vomit and it was fake and I made this noise in the balcony of the theater. Yeah. And I poured it out and everybody started getting really sick. Remember that? We're not going to do that right here. Okay. What's really important is you get it right between you and Jesus. And you find some really close friends, hopefully, in this place. You can say, dude, I'm, I am, I need help. I'm not going to have anybody take a microphone and go, unless God tells you to. I was we overcome by the word of our testimony and, uh, and, and the blood of Jesus. And so maybe it's a place, maybe one day you get a chance to tell your whole story about what God's done and how he's delivered you and how he's set you free and how he's loved you and, 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 and truthed you into the way and graced you on a path. And phew, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Why? But I'm asking for that right now. I'm asking you to get real with Jesus. And I'm asking us to create an atmosphere where that's okay. That's what I want. That's what Jesus wants. Stand up with me if you would. I want you to look at your own life. I want you to, to that song we, we sang at the beginning, we're going to look at it again. If you're a person who needs to come, we've got, the, we've got the altar space open. If you're a person who needs to come for the first time and get things right with the Lord, this is, this is the place to come. If you're a person who's realized, man, I have not created a good environment, I've exposed people to elements that have probably been detrimental to them spiritually, not helpful to them. I've forced them to put more layers on and take layers off. I forced them not to be fruitful in their Christianity because they didn't think they could talk to me for real. And I, I'm not like them. But really, I am like them. I want you to get it right with the Lord. We're going to sing this last song from the inside out. If you need a place at the altar to come, well, it'll be open. If you need to be introduced to Jesus, I don't know. Todd's here. He's an intercessor. My wife's here. I'm here. Any other? Jim Brown's here. Dave's here. We'd like to pray with you. Dave, Jim, raise, raise your hand. Those two guys? Todd? Any other intercessors in the room? We'll pray with you if you need help. Jesus is right here at the table. We sing a song.
I would say this. One of the first ways we become clean is when we have issues with people near us, closest to us. When we let forgiveness rule and reign from us to them. When we let whatever's been under the water be water under the bridge, man. Whenever it's been chaotic, we, we deal with it and we let loose of it. And we, we, we bring that to them and we say, you know what? I've held harsh feelings against you. I've, I've frustrated you. I've, I've done all that. Maybe it's the other way around. You've frustrated me and I've been angry and I've been hard to get along with because of it. And I'm ready to extend the grace and the mercy of Jesus. Today, there are people like that in your world a husband, a wife, a coworker, a son, a daughter, a grandma, a grandpa. Allow the cleansing of Jesus to overwhelm you, like washing that clean. Maybe it's a brother and sister who's here today. I don't know. But let God wash it clean. Jesus, we sing with our hearts. We love you, Jesus. Let the cry of our heart be God. To bring you praise, Jesus with all that we are, from the inside out, Lord Jesus. Find us people without masks, without plastic, Jesus. Find us people with pure hearts. Find us people with comforting words. Find us people with peace that flows like a river into us and out of us. Find us with those, as those being cold glasses of water for those who are thirsty and hurting, Jesus. Lord, we love you, and we trust you, and we honor you, Jesus, for that. In your great name, we pray. Amen. Give God.